We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. If you're listening to this on the radio or podcast, stop for just a second. Just hang on. Say a prayer for Juan and Joan Posada because they will be welcoming a new addition to their family this week, most likely, God willing. Uh, I'm sure Joan is very much God willing that 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 is the case. She's willing God's will. She's willing God's will. Um, So anyway. Like really willing it. (laughs) Say a quick prayer for them as they welcome in their first baby girl. Baby girl. Mm. Maria Victoria. Maria Victoria. So Juan, this week, uh, Pamela was asking me, what do you think think Juan is going to be like as a girl dad? And... We both said, I don't know. Oh, disastrous? Is that a word? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be so interesting. Like when Adam became we, a girl dad. That's what they both, said for me. Like, both, no, no. Pamela and I didn't wonder. We both knew exactly what kind of girl dad you would be. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, like like sucker or yeah. uh, disastrous, like helpless, be. you know, yeah. like the, I think these words tend to define Adam <laughs> Minahan as a yeah. girl dad. Yeah. I'm curious about like... All your fatherhood, Juan, is like very boy, you know, like let's go sword fight each other until dad gets hurt, you know, like that kind of thing. So let's go hiking for five miles without any shoes or or water. water. (laughs) Yeah, that is a true story. Juan took his boys hiking. One of his sons got out of the car with no shoes. (laughs) In, In like, was it the summertime? Was it the summertime? It was like late spring. And yeah. then they got halfway, like on the hike, and one of them said, Dad, I'm thirsty. And that's when he realized, I didn't bring any water. <laughs> it's, it's 95 degrees outside. And your brother is shoeless. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm so glad this came up. Uh, here in Tulsa, if you live in Tulsa, uh, there is a group leading a walking rosary on New Year's Day. God, I better... There's, I'm, I'm going to have to why look. You, why don't I'm you look, it up on the break? I'm going to look for the information on the break. Okay. But uh, there's a rosary. It's going, it's at Turkey Mountain. I think it's on New Year's Day. Stand by for correct information. There's uh, also a dance on New Year's Day for the solemnity of uh, our mother. Yeah. That's where I'm going to be. Me too. Totally. But anyway. Hey, so we're going to uh, have a whiskey this evening, a scotch that we've never tried before. We've never, I've never heard of until today. Have you? I have not heard of it. Juan, are you unfamiliar? See, and Jim, you are as well. I'm assuming. Si. Yes. Okay. So it's called Springbank. Did it's, you know Jim speaks Spanish? I barely knew that. I, I barely. didn't even know he spoke Spanish. He's over. He's like, see, and I was like, si. whoa, <laughs> <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> no, you for like seven years, Jim, or actually thirty. You've been here. You've been hanging out at the Catholic Mansion for like five years, Jim, and Mucho. and we didn't even know this. Wow. You think you know a guy. You think you know a guy, and then he drops a Spanish word on you. Yeah. So we're going to drink a Springbank, aged 10 years. It's Campbellton Single Malt 
Scotch whiskey, forty six percent alcohol. Uh, you want me to read the notes first, or do you want go for it? Or do you want to give the notes? You want you want me to read? No, them? I want you to read them. Okay, so the official notes. This is from their website. Okay, the nose is uh, orchard fruit, specifically pear, with a hint of peat, vanilla, and malt. The palate is malt, oak, spice, nutmeg, cinnamon, and vanilla essence, and the finish is sweet with a lingering salty tingle. It's their tenure, which is their uh, entry-level scotch. Uh, it offers whiskey drinkers a perfect introduction to the Springbank range. Matured in a combination of bourbon and sherry casks, it is a perfect balance from the first sip to the full, rich finish, is what they say. Now, listen to this. This is something that I... This could be marketing, right? So I, so take this with a grain of salt. Okay. And I've not done my research. This is what they've... They say on on their website, they say like uh, they say unlike any other distillery in the country, meaning in Scotland, the whole country of the whole country of Scotland, one hundred percent of this process is carried out here on one site, giving us unrivaled control over quality of the whiskey. So they're saying from beginning to end, it all happens on their site, and they're the only ones in the country. You know that's a well. I mean. That's a, a strong claim, but I respect that. I like that that they would do it all in one place, because a lot of yeah, like a lot of a lot of them will, you know, they'll do the distilling in one place and then the bottling. Bottling will take is place. typically like the bottling and packaging is, is a lot of times in a different and different you know location. like a lot of them it's there's one one company who bottles for all of these different corporations mm-hmm. or all of these different distillers and uh, it is strong pair. I think I think you just lose some of the tradition like well and quality control you know probably not man I think is, is it do you not like just get yeah, like I do I do get the pair is the, that, like is that the, yeah the David but Henry's I, golden pairs I think that you could actually maintain Henry David's whatever quality control Harry da- Harry and David Harry and David I said Henry I yeah, think you could Harry. maintain quality control even like through the supply chain. I mean, they've got that figured out by now. But I just think it's cool that they would bottle it all in one place. They're, that means also they're hiring more locals. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's nice. It's a, to me, this, this is a pretty good Ooh. standard scotch. It's a little bit more sweet than peaty. I uh, like the end of me, though, is a little bit more smoky peaty. Yeah. I didn't take, like they said the nose was, I didn't catch any on the nose. But the no. finish I caught was was where the smokiness and just a hint of peat comes from. Yeah, very hint. You can tell, though, it's, it has a little bit of sherry cask when I first tried it. I the, tried it before you said sherry cask. It doesn't come across as like the sh- a sherry sweetness. Right. But it is sweet. Yeah. Mm. I, it's nice. It is a little, bit, a little bit on the expensive side, about 75 bucks. Okay. So... Um, I like it though. I, we'll, I do too. We'll see, we'll see as we keep going. Yeah. So this weekend, Dave, we went, we went to southeast Oklahoma and we did some hardcore squirrel. Did you swing by? Did you swing by the deer hunting. stand at all? I just like looked. I actually did. Actually, I did not. No, I did not. So the first night, I was planning on going, getting up early. First night, uh, Jude had a crazy ear infection, and just was up all night long, mm. you know, where he couldn't like lay down and couldn't get comfortable. Bummer. And so by the time I was supposed to get up, I was like, well, I haven't really slept and very much. And yeah, so I, I, 
I passed on that. But when he, when Jude woke up, he started feeling better. We, we put hydrogen peroxide and stuff like that in his ears. And um, I think that helped throughout, throughout the evening, throughout the day. Uh, and so he started feeling a little bit better. So we went and squirrel hunted all day long. And then at, uh, next morning we got up and squirrel hunted as well. And, and just, I guess we, they could just feed, the squirrels could tell that we were coming because we didn't actually see a whole lot of squirrels. <laughs> but we had so much fun. It was, and you think like that's squirrel country. I mean, out there in the woods. You oh, know, yeah. Like. Well, the thing is, is if if you're out there on a deer stand and you're you're hunting deer, you see thousands almost. It feels like well, thousands like of if squirrels. You wanna, I have one tree in my front yard. If you want to squirrel hunt, I know for a fact that mm-hmm. there are at least three or four squirrels that you could kill mm-hmm. if you come sit under that one tree. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's like... But out but there in the woods, you'd think I know. Well, normally I see we see them all over the place, especially when it's it got when really, the leaves are on the ground. You can hear them on. running all over the place. I think it, you know it got cold uh, this weekend in, in the nighttime, so I think they went and kind of burrowed, burrowed in. in. Yeah. But it still was so much fun because we had like we would get out there, we'd make game plans, like okay, so here's what we're gonna do. You know, we're always talking in this right in, in, in this whisper voice. You know, making hand signals, making hand, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go along the ravine here and then kind of work our way back. Through that, through the ridge line, and we'll come back this way. You know, and we're like yeah. we're making all these game plans, walking slowly, stopping, listening, walking slowly, stopping, listening. doing like the holding up the fist, hold. Yeah, and so it was just so much fun because they all they they both enjoyed it. You know, they like totally. it was just a. It didn't matter. Uh, obviously, we it would have been nice. If we we got a couple squirrels to eat, but carrying your fifty um, cal along through the wi- through the <laughs> woods. <laughs> Yeah. No. Boom. No, no, so the thing is, is like, uh, uh, I missed the squirrel, but I did get the tree. The tree is gone. Um, Jude is really good with his BB gun. Uh, Luke is, is pretty good with his 22, and, and we have a pellet gun as well. So yeah. we're all walking around, you know, ready to go. Uh, and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. It was one of those moments where I don't know if they'll, they'll, they'll remember it, recall it as a good father son. A weekend, but I will recall yeah. it as a good father-son weekend. I'd also like to hear your experience about the Owasso tree farm. You went there, and you yes. got a real tree. Like, tell we us. Did. I love this place. Yes. I, I, and so I wanted to hear your first time there, right? First time there, yes. So, tell us about it. Okay, so Owasso is just north of Tulsa. It's a suburb of Tulsa, and they have this tree farm there where you go, and you, you get to pick out basically the tree that you want, the, the Christmas tree that you want, and then you cut it down. And you drag it. Right. You drag so they it grow back. Christmas trees. You can cut down. They also have beautiful, like if you want a blue spruce or if you want a Virginia oh, yeah, fir. They're Douglas I mean, like, firs. They're Douglas firs. Ever, are beautiful. Yeah. So what they do is that they go through the field where they like in Canada and in Oregon where they're growing, and they hand pick which trees they want. They cut them down and take them, and then Lowe's comes in and buys the rest. Lowe's will buy mm. the whole field or mm. like Home Depot, whoever. Like mm-hmm. so, they come in and they get all the good ones. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, home, the hardware stores just take the take t- they take all of them. Yeah. One time I was there when they unloaded a that truck showed up and they threw it open. There was snow on the trees, and the guy's like, "Those just came from Canada. That's Canadian snow still on the trees." Wow. That they were unloading. So yeah, so we cut ours down. You know, we sawed ours down. Got Let's finish this story because I think this is like this is really cool. Yeah, it's just, of- it should be a short story on the other side of the break. Okay, I and think it's I think it's worth and, telling. And figure out the rosary thing. The rosary on January first. Right. We'll be right back. He forgot. It took him like three minutes, and he forgot. We'll be right back.
Christmas is the perfect time to get your family, your friends, your RCIA members in your parish, your neighbors, a quality Catholic rosary. And that's why we highly recommend going to thecatholicwoodworker.com. If you use the promo code TCMS for the Catholic Man Show, you get 10% off. It lets Jonathan, the owner, know that we sent you there and he continues to support our show. We want to thank Jonathan for all the support that he has given us over the year of 2021. And we wish you and yours a happy Advent and a Merry Christmas. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We've got Don Juan in the house, along with Jimbo Baggins over here. Adam, I wanted you to finish, finish telling your story. story. Yeah, because this is like classic Christmas right here. Right, so you, you, you cut down the Christmas tree. Uh, it so goes, they're growing, tell it like the farm, they're growing they're Christmas growing, trees. Yeah, so they're growing, there. they're growing up, so, yeah, so they take you on a tractor ride out to the to the tree farm. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to go out there, you see the, they have just rows and rows and rows of, of Christmas trees all in different heights and different sizes. You right. know, they have the Charlie Browns, they have the the grandioso uh, New York Times, you know, type of Christmas yeah, they've tree. Yeah, they've got 15 footers out there yeah, if, they're you want, massive. if you want I one. mean, mine's, mine's uh, I think, a 10 foot. It's nice. I mean, you have a nice tree, dude. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Doesn't it feel good to like have a real tree great. and like... Yeah. It's I mean, not. I, it's, I always had one growing up. So, it, yeah, but it's not out of the box. You know, right. like I don't know. I'm I'm a big p- proponent of the real tree, mm-hmm. not the not the box pre lit tree. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just my thing. I agree. I, I I'm I'm pro. I was I was excited for you guys when you did it. So you guys did you cut it down yourself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut it. So because you can also have somebody. You know, it. you can be like. So I'd I like that one, please. You I, know, I took the first couple cuts just to get the saw going, and then I had Luke go about a third of the way and then Jude go the rest of the way yeah uh, and let it fall down and we took her picture and got it all ready to go yeah and this, what they do is they take it back for you and then they put it this put it in a shaker basically it's this like just shaker and it intensely shakes the tree to get yeah. in case there's any like varmints or anything in it, <laughs> right you know or dead limbs or well, whatever it also else. it also opens the tree out especially for the ones that have been shipped in because those have been wrapped up Right, those though aren't on the tree farm. In the tree farm, those no, are no, no, no. Those cut. are like in a barn. Right, but they still cut those, and then they also notch the bottom. They put like dimples in the bottom to help the water. Right. So uh, there's another thing that we did. So actually, this evening before we were recording, we were uh, putting the lights on the Christmas tree. And one of the uh, a tradition that we started this this year, yeah, is while we put ornaments and lights on the Christmas tree, Dad smokes a pipe inside. I have come to the realization that as you learn to start traditions within the family, you know, you kind of add a couple things in there that may be beneficial to you. Here and there. Here and there. I mean, just sprinkle things in. Just throw some things against the wall. See if they stick. See what sticks. Right. And so one of the see things... See what works. I have an awesome... Now, I have an awesome picture of me smoking a pipe, putting the, the, the star up on the Christmas tree while the kids are all putting... <clears throat> are all at the bottom... Just throwing that out there if you want to try it out. See see if the wife allows that to happen. Yeah. Somehow mine did, and here we go. Here we are. So, Adam, this is your topic for the evening, but yeah, I... Yeah, we're going to talk about peace. I wanted to intrude a little P- bit. Peace seems to be a good topic for uh, this liturgical season. Uh, one, one, do you, one do you book, agree? Oh, I agree. 
I'm all. I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. I mean, because we haven't really talked since I've been out of town. We haven't really talked a whole lot. That's okay. That's right. We have this book at home called Christmas Around the Fire by Ryan Topping. Seems like you were very okay with us not talking. I was fine with it. Yeah, you were totally fine. I mean, Adam, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But we do it. This book. Barely a friend of mine. Christmas Around the the Fire by Ryan Topping. Um, It's a lovely book. It's full of short stories and Christmas poetry. So it's a great thing, and especially in my house, you know, and yours, Adam, you know, the fire is like today was an all day fire. Today was a Even though I got it, got, home, it yeah. got a little bit warm in the afternoon. I don't care. The fire's still going, right? Right. Um, and so there is something really great about sitting around the fire and reading. Um, and so this book, Christmas Around the Fire by Ryan Topping, has just. It's just lovely to be able to. You can open up any of them. They're all. They're not going to be too long. The the short stories. They're all by well known authors, and they're all really lovely. Yeah, G.K. Chesterton. Like, G- re- re- okay, re- so like, like, so just as if you open up to the the index, there's uh, Leo Tolstoy, Chesterton, Dickens, Henry Van Dyke, um, Stephen Leake, uh, Oscar Wilde, Catherine Doherty, uh, Pope Benedict. George MacDonald, John Paul II, Gerard Manley Hopkins, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, uh, Joseph Pierce, G.K. Chesterton again. I mean, like, Hilaire Belloc, um, St. Like St. Augustine. So, Charles Lamb. Stuff. Oh, Charles Lamb. He's a... Anyway. St. Augustine's Christmas sermon? I bet that's good. Yeah, so it's it's a nice variety of things to, like, have it just a great... Reading around Another the fire. great tradition. You know what? This you is a good be, book for tradition. And you could smoke a pipe while reading to your kids. You absolutely could smoke a pipe. While the fire is going. While you're doing this. So I wanted to start... Um, just throwing that out there. I wanted to, just over the next few episodes, read some Christmas poetry. Okay. Um, and then maybe talk a little bit about it. I'd like to talk about poetry also, just briefly, on this here in this second segment in which we find ourselves in this season of Advent. Okay. So this is The Oxen. By Thomas Hardy. Christmas Eve and twelve of the clock. Now they are all on their knees. An elder said, as we sat in a flock by the ember in hearthside ease, we pictured the meek, mild creatures where they dwelt in their strawy pen. Nor did it occur to one of us there to doubt they were kneeling then. So fair a fancy few would weave in these years, yet I feel, if someone said on Christmas Eve, come, see the oxen kneel, in the lonely Barton by yonder coom our childhood used to know, I should go with him in the gloom, hoping it might be so. So that is a poem obviously about picturing the nativity Mm. And I just found this such a beautiful image that at the birth of Christ, even the ox mm-hmm. and the donkey, the la- you know, whatever the animals, fell to their knees uh, in worship of their creator. Mm. And obviously, this is just a poem. This isn't tradition. But don't you think that that probably happened at the birth of Christ, that the donkey knelt? You know, I mean, maybe it didn't. But... Maybe it did. Maybe it did. You know, yeah. yeah what I like. Oh, go ahead, one. Saint Saint Anthony has a story where he of, of Padua. Saint Anthony of Padua. Yes. Okay. Where there was a guy that 
didn't believe in the presence of the Eucharist. And uh, he said something like, uh, well, this is just bread. Even my horse would know that. So he made this thing where he brought out the Eucharist and his horse was starving for three days. He said, don't feed your horse for three days. And then he brought it out and the horse uh, knelt in front of the Eucharist. And the guy started to believe. So if the horse knelt... Wow, that's a bold to thing to do. I'm sure that... I like the, that. The ox would have knelt... Right. To the actual... Well, not actual. They're both the actual, but... Mm-hmm. The baby Jesus. Yeah. I just think there's something so manly about poetry. I did not always feel that way. I used to think that there was something unmanly. Like, that poetry wasn't manly. Mm. But the more I have read good poetry, which is only a small sampling i have i do not claim to be well exposed to good poetry mm-hmm. um but when i when i do read good poetry it strikes me in like a no it strikes a noble chord in me you know what i mean that there, there's not something soft here like go and read gk chesterton's uh um the one on uh the the feast of the holy rosary um What's the Lepanto? battle? Lepanto. Yes, thank you. The go read that poem. That's mm. a man. It's a manly poem. But yeah, there's so there's just uh, something about it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that I I think that I have come to appreciate in poetry that I I I made the connection of it being manly. So I was trying to figure out like what is it about this about poetry that has caused myself to think that it is manly instead of kind of wimpy or you know mm-hmm. whatever whatever adjective you want to use. And I think it's because it it stirs in me imagination that I wouldn't have otherwise, which would lead me to meditation that I would not have been able to meditate without that aid, without yeah. that catalyst of um, uh, like this that poem right there. If I went to adoration, I could actually envision the nativity and envision what's happening and use my imagination to go into a meditative state uh, of of what's happening on the day of, of of Christ being born yeah and so like you know that's that happened to me the first time that happened to me was really actually the, when I watched the passion I was like okay I can now you use this every time I listen to meditate yeah med, you know, use I have real visuals real I can visual, rely on right yeah. but I'm the same way but but it, when I was listening to this you read it to us before the show and I didn't really get a whole lot out of it but because i wasn't really paying attention maybe but as you're reading it just a few minutes ago i was thinking like well this actually would give me a perfect opportunity like a perfect visual to go into a meditative state of uh imagining using my memory something to chew on to chew on yeah Yeah. to to uh to, to meditate on the birth of christ i think that the poet is like one of the highest of god's creatures one of the highest highest forms of man because he wields the deep sacred truths with beauty okay that's what they said about that like you know poets and philosophers right i mean that's what that's what exactly what i was going to say is yeah. that the poet wields all the the knowledge of philosophy and all of um uh you know like religious truths except he wields it with beauty right so it's not just talking correctly and precisely but it's talking correctly and precisely with with like wrapped wrapped in in beauty you know and like that's what god does when he creates he Mm -hmm. takes truths and wraps them in beautiful flesh Mm -hmm. so like the poet and and the creator 
share this vocation, kind of, which is noble and... It's just such a manly thing to do, to write to write beautiful poetry. You know, like, man, I wish I could do it so bad. I Because I, I probably wouldn't do anything else. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> ah, it's just awesome. Anyway. It's, it's called Christmas Under the uh, Around the Fire. Christmas by- Around the Fire. We'll, we'll have another reading next week. On it. Okay, From cool. the same book. We're yeah. going to talk about peace this evening. Appropriate for this time of year. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're going to talk about peace this evening, but before we do, I just want to throw out there, Jim, Jim told us to do this, is to uh, go check us out on patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. You can support us there. We actually just sent uh, Advent cookies, Christmas cookies, to $10 supporters and up. We also, so if you support the show, obviously 100%, not obviously, 100% of the donations go back into the show. Dave and I don't take a, a, a cut of this. So you help the show continue to grow. You get some awesome thank you gifts like this Glencairn glass that is etched with lasers, our logo. We have beer steins, hats, mugs, things like that. But you also get plugged into guys around the world who are striving for virtue. Let me give you one example, Dave. This last week, Late on me. we had a man, I'm going to leave, leave it nameless, but... Uh, reached out to us and said, hey, listen, end of the year, um, we wanted to make a donation to you guys. But what we want to do is use that donation for anybody who is uh, who's already supporting the show, who is struggling financially and would have to leave the show, but wouldn't be able to you know, continue supporting you. We want to pick up that slack. And so he basically gave us uh, money that would help support. Ten, We're holding in reserve, right? Holding in reserve. That, that would basically support 10 guys for a full year in the event that, that they yeah. come on a hard time. So if you're one of the, if you're a member of, the, of our patron, if you're a patron, member of the Council of Man, and you're, you've lost your job or something has happened, mm-hmm. uh, don't, don't feel like you have to leave. Right. Uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. And we have, we have scholarships available that have, I mean, that they've been given to us. So don't, don't not tell us. Right, because we have the money and it's waiting to, to be, be given used. to you. I mean, like, right, yeah. and so obviously use uh, prudence when when considering donating. I would say first and foremost, donate to your parish and your local area, you know, your local Catholic ministry, subsidiarity, right? Right, and then you know a little bit of uh, extra money that you may have left over. You're trying to find a, a spot for it. You consider the Catholic Man Show. Yeah, the Lord has he oh, he has just he's just taking care of us. Yes, at every turn. Yes. So we're going to talk about peace this evening. We had a, a and i got to give this. Talk about peace. Yeah. You know, like that's right. The Lord having taken care of care us. us. Yeah. Right. I have learned to trust in that. I'm, I'm continually learning. Me too. But I, I'm better at it. What I mean is I'm better at it than I used to be. Yeah, yeah. me too. So uh, we had a chancery retreat, actually right before our Catholic radio fundraiser, the, the, the day of our Catholic radio fundraiser. Mm. Uh, given by a holy priest in the Diocese of Tulsa, Eastern Oklahoma, Monsignor Patrick Gallus, who is, who has also been on the show talking about G.K. Chesterton. Yeah. He gave this uh, retreat for us, a half-day retreat, talking about peace. Thought that it would be a good idea to talk about peace coming into Advent, 
and I basically said, I saw this, and I was like, well, this is this is great stuff. Let's let's just talk about it on the show. And so he started off by asking, he just said, like, so what do you think, like, how do you define peace? What is peace to you? And in typical Monsignor Patrick Gallus fashion, he stopped and gave us five to ten minutes to just reflect on it. Wow. It was quiet. No one gets to say anything. You know, it's just, what does it mean to you? And so, like, so what does it mean to you? Like, if I said, what is peace? Peace would be, I, I would, like, if I was going to put it into words, I would say resting in the truth. I would say, like, resting, resting in love, like, resting in a specific truth that, that God loves us, that he cares so for us. a specific person. Yes, he cares for us. truth is a person, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. But that's what I would say, I mean. I've o- I've only been given like ten seconds. You had ten right. minutes, you know. Right. No. No. I mean. Yeah. No. I agree. I agree. I agree. But that's what I would say. It's to me, peace is a rest. Resting is definitely what you're doing. Resting in Christ. But I, I didn't want to just say, oh, it's resting in Christ. I wanted to like try to be more specific in my answer. So how do like what does peace mean to you in a day to day life? Like how do you obtain peace in a day to day life? I'm springing all this on you. Like, yeah, you don't know any, I mean, I mean, that's that's a challenge because in my day to day life, there are many things I do that that destroy my peace. As a as a husband, as a father, right. there are many things that happen that I just and, like. And I'm, I'm not th- even. What I'm saying is like, there's many things <laughs> that I do that destroy my peace. Okay. It's the way I. Sure. Yeah. I have I have little kids, and they do things that frustrate me. But the things. Being frustrated by my children doesn't destroy my peace. It's the way that I respond to that that destroys my peace. You know, like, it's it's kind of like what Christ said, that a man cannot be defiled from the outside. It's from it's what comes from the inside that defiles a man. I think the same thing, you could just put peace in there. It's from that which comes from the inside that loses a man's peace. You know, so it's when I respond in anger, now I have lost my peace. It's not because of, I mean, a, a three-year-old is a three-year-old. It's not a three-year-old's fault when they act like a three-year-old. Right. Okay? Um, They're actually acting according to their nature. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean that they don't they don't need to be corrected. You know, of course. Of course. Um, but for me to get angry about it, which, which I do sometimes, and I lose my peace, that's me. It's not them. So, like, yeah, there's a lot of things I do to lose my peace. And it's always me. Right. I think that's, I mean, that's... No one else can take your peace from you. There can be so other people can oppress you and give you great sorrows and like uh, trials, but those things, even in themselves, if if you if you have peace truly attained, um, are themselves uh, yeah, it's gifts. This interior peace that you're talking right, exactly, about. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. That even though the worst thing might happen to you, you can still say at the end of the day, "God be praised." I live. You know, like this day was a. I offer this day to you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to offer it to you. That's awesome. Like that's that's peace. If you can do that, you've got you've got peace. Yeah, that's, no, that's yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so when so when that when the question was posed to me, uh, the first thing I thought of was when I read uh, Aquinas' definition of peace, which is you know the tranquility of order. Yeah. So that's what Aquinas you know, defines peace as is the tranquility of order. And so then I, then I thought, okay, well, what does that really mean? Yeah, that encompasses mean? all possible situations, doesn't it? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, but what does that actually mean, you know, for my day-to-day life? And so then I thought, okay, well, when my house is in order, 
And that doesn't mean necessarily that everything is in its proper place, but that everything is is running according to what it's supposed to be, you know, right. how it's supposed to be running. When I come home, and okay, the kids have done their chores, they've done their schoolwork, they've uh, they've done the things that they're supposed to be doing, and then I'm now able to come home and love them and play with them, and we get to eat together, and we get to pray together, we get to do all these things together. Regardless of what actually happens in those time periods, meaning whether you know the three-year-old becomes a three-year-old or, or, or whatever, you get the opportunity to rest with one another, a true leisure, right? Mm-hmm. It, it gives you an opportunity to have that moment with your family to, to waste time with them, so, so to speak. When things are not in order, meaning you're coming home... Uh, Maybe either the house is a wreck, or maybe you you did not do your chores the the, the for the weekend, and instead you did something else, and now you're having to do do things that are taking away from your vocation because you didn't you didn't order your your life properly. That that right there throws a kink in the peace within your home because now you're you're another example. Well. I may be skipping too far ahead, but maybe another example that I thought of was a lot of times when, with divorce, right? When a divorce happens, obviously the peace is broken within your family, but it's also now you're you're putting a cross on somebody else as well, right? It's you're not uh, there's not order there, and so now all of a sudden, specifically the children, specifically the children, uh, that's a, a divorce takes the cross you're meant to bear in the vocation of marriage, marriage and you place it on your children, yeah. right? Uh, and so, when things are not ordered properly, when the man is not, when the man in the household is not uh, carrying his cross the way he's supposed to, when the wife uh, of the family is not carrying her cross the way she's supposed to, and the children, you know, the same way, things get chaotic. And, and so that's what I was thinking of when when he was asking us that. Yeah. Um, I don't know that mine wasn't near as beautiful probably is yours but i mean that that was what what came to my mind well there's there's two sides to the spiritual life so there's two sides to most virtues like this uh external and internal mm-hmm. and they both need to be addressed mm-hmm. yes and so they're trying so uh, one of the things that a lot of the like saint augustine talks about um, he talks about peace quite a bit in the City of God. I have actually not read the City yes. of God. Full disclosure, I have tried to read the City. Of- I have not even tried. I have tried three times. I have looked. I have looked at that book and said, "You have two one." Yeah, you have tried. Oh, that, you, how do you, no you made it through the whole thing? How long was it? Like a hundred hours. Fifty. I, I did the. I did the audio. That's it. Oh shoot! I've listened to way longer audiobooks than that. Eighty percent of it. I've tried to read it several times. When you look at the book in pages, like this is not. It looks. I'm not enjoying. I can like when I look at it, I say no. Maybe you know what book? Maybe when I'm like really old, and I have nothing to do. When I retire, I don't know. Honestly, book. I don't know when I'm gonna read you. I don't know what my life has to look like before I before you look attractive to me. Because right now you don't. Yeah. That's how I feel about the city of God. Sorry, that was a long. No, no, no. 
You were you were going to say something about the book, though. So he, he talks about it in here. It says, The peace of mankind is a well-ordered concord. The peace of the household is a well-ordered concord of the members of the community in a matter of Hang on, just stop. and just obedience. Stop. I mean, the, the music is it's ruining it. Okay. Well, all he's saying is, uh, order is an arrangement of components, equal and unequal, assigning the proper place to each. Tranquility of order. Tranquility of order. Which is... I'm sure how because the point is pulled from the desk all the big time. Big so I'm sure he, he was pulled, basically pulling that out, talking about uh, uh, peace and order. Okay. So, anyway, we'll be oh, right back. I have a question for you about that on the other side of the break. Okay, we'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave. You want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about peace. Adam, you were just reading something by St. Augustine about... uh, having the right things in the right places, basically tranquility of order. So, like, how do you know? Like, there's obviously there's an order needs to be everything needs to be in order, but there's a hierarchy of order. Like, what things should be ordered first? You know, there's an order to order. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about order. It's yeah, that it's, it's like ordered. A, a whole like natural law thing. There, there, yeah. There's hierarchies, and that there's it's ordered. Sure. So, like. You know, if you go look at my tool, my like workbench right now, mm-hmm. right at the at the moment, it's in a state of disorder. <laughs> right. Not always, but at the moment, it is. So, like, okay, I don't have order in one part of my life. Does that mean I don't have peace? I still feel. You know what I mean? Like, so what level of order are we talking about in order to have peace? Mm. Um, okay, so I think that. I think the interior piece has to be uh, prioritized over the exterior piece. So I think that your yeah. your interior life has to be uh, prioritized over your exterior life. So like an order of conscience, maybe like, um, like I don't know what you mean by that. Like you, my actions. I don't. I don't. There's nothing disordered about my my actions. You know, I can. St- I feel like there's nothing accusing me. Mm-hmm. I could stand before God. Right. And say, I have you know lived. I have tried to live in accordance with your with your law and with your words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So and that's like the basic fundamentals. I mean, so to obtain peace, you know, obviously you do the will of God, right? So yeah. you do the will of God. You're gonna be you're gonna obtain peace. Remain because in sanctifying grace. You're gonna yeah. be remaining in sanctifying grace, and you're, and you're gonna be doing what you're made to do. Right, you're going to be you're carrying out mm, the, yeah. what you what you've been called to do in this life on earth. Yeah, according That's, to your vocation. And according to your vocation. Right. So then the the question re- very good. The question becomes then at that point. Okay, well, how do I do that? How do I uh you know do the will of God? I don't know what His will is. Okay, so there's 
so there's two things that I think you, we need to take into consideration. At least two. At least that I'm going off of right now. There's okay. two things that I, I think we need to take into consideration. There's this active part and then there's this passive part. So the active part is we under we know what God's will is in an active way, in a, in a real way, because he's given us the, the word of God. He has given us the commandments. He has commanded us to act in a certain way. Don't kill anybody. Right. Um, don't steal. Don't lie. Right. Don't commit adultery. You know, uh, honor the, uh, your father and mother. You know, all the, all the Ten Commandments. So he has giving a, given us a rule book, so to speak, of here's how to obtain my will for you. Okay. Okay, and then you have I've to... I've heard of that list. You've heard of this list. Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, and, and then you have to, uh, in a passive way, you have to now, in your own free will, choose to do these things. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, the, a deep desire to obtain God's will and to do and to carry out his will by doing the things that he has laid out to us, even if you don't, like even let's say I have a deep desire to do his will and I do something that was not actually his will, but in my hopefully well-formed conscience, I I thought this was what he wanted me to do. It's still going to be pleasing to him that I'm obedient and trying, at least trying to be obedient in what he wants me to do. Yeah. I may not be doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's not a pass to, to, to commit any sin or any habitual sin or anything like that. But um, the desire to please him pleases him. Right. And the attempt to do, and the attempt to please him, you know, like. Right. I mean, because somebody asked St. Thomas Aquinas, well, how do I become a saint? And his answer was, to will it. Right. You try. You will it. Yeah. So, like, the other day, my, my three-year-old was trying to clean up uh, milk spilled on the ground. Mm-hmm. She's got a paper towel, but she's essentially smearing it all over the... But you, I could see it in her eyes that she was so proud cause, to be cleaning it up. You know, like, that she knew, I'm doing the right thing. Hey, like, I'm doing this good. You know, she was doing a terrible job. It wasn't good at all, but... Mm-hmm. Just the fact that she, you know, her desire, wanted, right. her desire to please me in that way was just so precious. That's how, I feel like that's how God like looks but, at. Look, oh. He just thinks like, you know, you guys are so cute when right. you try to do stuff. When I just, mess. I just love you so much. Right. You're just so cute. <laughs> well, okay. Holy Spirit, you look how cute they are. Yeah. So Dante says in uh, in, in Divine Comedy, he, he says, "In His will is perfected our peace." Uh-huh. So, which yeah. is what we just said, you know, if you rest in his will, peace will, interior peace will come. Even if chaos is around you, right? Even if uh, your political chaos, family chaos, uh, your job, economy, economy chaos is happening around you. If you're in his will, peace will come. And so how do you, how do you, how do you know this, right? So you have to have this strong interior prayer life you have to have this interior prayer life which yeah. actually kind of goes back into the man gear very well how do you cultivate this meditative prayer life which you know if you read poetry that also stimulates uh your your memory it stimulates your yeah. your intelligent will especially where- memorizing yeah memorizing poetry much like memorizing scripture mm-hmm. memorizing scripture should come before memorizing poetry mm-hmm but it does it like uh, which memory is a subvirtue of prudence, right? You know, Aquinas talks about it. Well, like, why is that? Why is that the case? Is because you have to reflect upon uh, what is good, so that way you can prudently make decisions moving forward. Totally. So I feel like that there are three virtues in this with peace that are related, and that's peace, joy, and gratitude. Uh, so I think okay. that gratitude, 
leads to joy, which leads to like this unalterable peace. So the saints, this is like one defining characteristic about them is that there is nothing you could do to take their peace. Put them, like tie them to the stake to be burned, uh, murder their family, uh, what, whatever it is. I mean, like, think of the worst thing that you can imagine. There's a saint who has endured that and maintained their peace because the, they, their hope was in the right thing. But they weren't able to do that just by that one moment, unless it was just a... No, no, no. Uh, this is a life that the life of virtue that they had built, you know, reliance on God's grace. I mean, sainthood doesn't come in one moment. Right. I mean, I mean, not the kind of sainthood we're talking. Not like canonized. I mean, there, sainthood. there, there is a. Like, there is a, actually in every person's okay. life one moment that sainthood could rely. You know, like your sainthood comes down to: Are you going to respond in this one moment? So be ready. You know, ke- keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but for these people, like they had gratitude and they had joy, which leads to joy, which, which gives them this this peace. So I think those three things, gratitude, joy, and peace, mm-hmm. they're intimately and unalterably linked, that you cannot have them without each other. I totally agree. Yeah, and actually that uh, piggybacks off of what St. Mother Teresa said somewhat. Mm. Okay. Uh, and people have heard this before, but it's, even if you have, it's worth listening to again. The fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. The fruit of service is peace. Mm, I like that, especially because I also like fruit. <laughs> and there is so much fruit in that. Like, what a bouquet of a fruit. fruit. Yes. So I think a lot of times if, we, if we're trying to figure out how to obtain peace in our own life, Yeah. Most of the time, I mean, this is a broad brush, but I'm okay with, with, with stroking the broad brush here. Most of the time, if we focus on other people, the interior peace will come. So if you focus on the needs of others, if you focus on how can I serve my wife a little bit better, like what is one thing this week that I'm going to do for my wife that I normally don't do? What is the one thing that I'm going to do at work that I normally don't do that could bring joy to somebody else's life? What is one thing that I'm going to do with my kids this week to show hopefully a glimpse of the, of our father's love to them that I normally don't do when you do those certain things, like when you, when you make these intentional moments of actions, uh, that response, that, that act actually in response gives you this sense of joy and peace that you didn't realize you may have needed at that time. I don't know. This that's just yeah, like no, my I agree. Experience. I think no, like, I think that's practical. That's a good practical thing to to consider. I think another practical thing to do is if you feel like you don't have peace in your life, return to the sacraments. Perhaps it's perhaps it's been a while since you've been to confession. And you Advent know, is a perfect this time. This is this is the time. I mean, it, for me like when I think about when do I have the most peace? It's when I'm walking out of the confessional. Like that moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that to me is like, that is peace. Mm-hmm. I've got it. Like, uh, you know, it makes you want to skip. You know, it, you just feel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I am at right with the world and I'm at right with, with my God. You know, 
and that's that's having peace being at right with being at right with him is mm-hmm. peaceful mm-hmm. so like i agree with what you're saying like if you if you think well I, there's nothing on my conscious conscience accusing me you know i don't have anything that like i just went to confession mm-hmm. i still don't have it serve others serve others if you haven't been to confession in a while and you don't have that peace well go mm-hmm. and you and i i I promise you, you'll find it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, a, a cardinal, and I, I don't know how to say his last name. It's Mercier, I think, is what it is. Okay. I, it may be. I, I don't know. He says, every day, every day for five minutes, control your imagination and close your eyes to the things of sense and your ears of all the noises of the world in order to enter into yourself. Then in the sanctity of your baptized soul, speak to uh, to that divine spirit saying to him, and then he says a prayer, uh, the come, like a come Holy Spirit kind of prayer. Uh-huh. He says, if you do that, if you do that every day, your life will be flowing with happy, uh, happiness and, and joy. So, Lovely. Uh, anyway, we're out of time on the radio, but if you student, uh, tune in on the podcast, we can keep going for just a little bit longer as we do go over the spring bank, bank tenure. Scotch, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So the other thing is like, God wants to give you peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wants you to have it. Right. Now, God does not promise you good things in this life. Right. He doesn't promise you that... You um, won't carry a cross. That, that you'll be wealthy, that, you, that things will be easy for you. You know, he does not promise the health and wealth Mm-mm. gospel. Mm-mm. He does promise you that he will accompany you through every single trial. And when you come to know that, and when you come to believe and understand that, when you come to be able to recognize him in your trials, mm-hmm. which is a great feat. That is, I mean, like, that's something that it's easy to say. Like, oh, just recognize that. Oh, you're going through this great suffering right now. Well, you just need to recognize it that Christ is there walking with you. When you're walking through it, you're blinded and it's like, no, he isn't. Where is he? You know, like that's mm-hmm. I, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't mean to be flippant about recognizing, you know, that, but the thing is, he does want you to have peace. So pray for it. That's that's something that you can pray for. I in my own experience, in my own life, I have really come to see and recognize. When I pray for something that is basic, like something, I know this is God's will for me. I know that uh, he wants to increase my relationship with him. I know that he wants wisdom for me. I know that he wants the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you know, like these mm-hmm. things. And when I pray for them in the moments that I need them, it's uh, incredible how fast he is, how quick he is to respond. I mean, I've that's just happened to me so many times where... Uh, you know, I the, I just don't doubt it anymore. So, like, that's something to pray for. If if you're especially in Advent, pray mm-hmm. for pray for peace. And you know what else you can do is pray for peace for other people. Yeah, there's you, a you, lot of people. Hurting. You might you might be a person who's who's filled with peace, who's you know like who who lives close to the Lord. You're exactly the person who should be praying for peace for other people, because. That's a you, your your prayer is one that I think that the Lord will hear and respond to. So, like, 
think about other people. That's like what we should be doing in Advent. It's mm-hmm. like it's that kind of penitential season. Mm-hmm. So reach out for others. Think about people specifically around you that you know. It's great to pray for like world peace. That's that's something great. You know, like bring peace to the world. But think about the person who lives on your street. Think about the person who sits in the pew next to you, in front of you, or behind you. Think about the person who's in the cubicle next to you, or who you see at the cafeteria at the office, or, you know, like that person who you can tell, you can see the look on their face mm-hmm. that, that they just don't have what they're looking for. They don't have that peace. Pray for them. Mm-hmm. Think about them this Advent and um, offer up something for them. Yeah, I also think it, to go back to uh, Mother Saint Saint Teresa of Calcutta's uh, little quote that we we talked about on how how to obtain peace. Basically, is the fruit of prayer, uh, the fruit of silence is prayer. Yeah, that's the first part. That, that, that's the first thing she says. I'm and glad so, she starts there because you have you can't you can't overestimate that. So I think that if you don't have again, we we have said this over and over again. It's I, I don't care. I'll, we'll say this until the last episode. Uh, if you don't have a holy hour, if you are not spending Eucharistic adoration, an hour of Eucharistic adoration a week with our Lord, you need to do it. Yeah. You want to you talk about... You, go sign up and, and, and go uh, have a Eucharistic adoration for a year and then come back to me and tell me your life hasn't changed. Yeah. Because it, it will. Uh, you can't, and if you're afraid to commit to a year, commit to it for three months. And see what happens. You're sure. going to go once a week for three months and tell me at the end of the three months that so, you don't want to keep going. I mean, just to, like, because the Lord wants to be with you, right? So he wants to be with you. He's been waiting. You walk into that chapel, he's been waiting for 2,000 years for that very moment to spend mm-hmm. with you. Your guardian angel, you know, your guardian angel's whole role in your life is to get you to heaven, is to get you in front of the beatific vision, right? And I don't know. You know, I don't obviously want to speak any kind of material heresy here, but and this is speculative. But when you walk into adoration and you worship our Lord in the Eucharist, I think that that has to be the closest that your guardian angel will feel fulfilled until the moment that you die. Yeah. Maybe reception of Holy Communion. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, worthy reception of Holy Communion would probably be the. Probably, a but second best, yeah, yeah, ne- kneeling in adoration before our Lord, before our Lord in worship, yeah, because because He's there with you. You know, our angel's there with your guardian angel is there with you. If you have, uh, you know, a family, then maybe you have an angel for your family. And uh, I mean, I I, I don't want to get into that because I'm not positive on all those kind of things. But well, I think that that is very likely because uh, it seems like wherever there are legitimate rules of authority. There seems to be an angel who guards that authority. For instance, uh, the children of Fatima, the first thing that, the first person who came to them was the guardian angel of Portugal. Portugal is not something, it's not a state that was set up by God. It's not like God deigned there to be Portugal. Like, it's a human political boundary that was set up by humans because that's what humans decided. And yet, all the same, there is a guardian angel of Portugal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's one so for like that, states. That, that makes sense that there would cities, be one of states, s- states cities, towns, counties, neighborhoods. Right. Uh, 
your house, your family. I mean, like, it is very likely that there is one. And if there isn't, there is a God who still cares about those things, you know? So, like... But so, like, to walk in there, I I don't know. When you walk in there, like, so, I went, we went to Holy Mass this weekend uh, at a a parish that is a parish of one, okay? Like, there's one parishioner there. And at the end of Holy Mass... You were talking, and and he said like he was apologizing actually because he didn't have the he- the heater wasn't working uh, at the church, and so it was very cold in in there. And he's apologizing. And I said like, that, that's no problem because well normally we only have one person. I go no you don't. And he kind of like stops and I go no you don't. Look, bro, like you, you haven't been here. There's typically one, one dude. Person, right? I said no no no. <laughs> one lady, All, I should probably say. I'm guessing it's, no, it's a man. It is a man. All right. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Roger from Way to go, Clayton, Roger <laughs> from Clayton, Oklahoma. Hey, here's to you, Roger. Um But all the angels and saints are there at Holy Mass. You know, and so when you walk in to adoration, yeah. you're walking in with your angel To a crowded room. To a crowded room, regardless of whether you, you can see it or not. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I think that in we we obviously won't know this until the other side of the veil, but when we go back, you know, when the at our judgment and we're, we're seeing our life played out in front of us and we realize the impact that adoration has and that, mm. and, and the impact of receiving a uh, Holy communion worthily. I think it'll be, it'll just be mind blowing. We'll, we'll actually see uh, all the angels, all the saints singing hallelujah, you know, singing, you know, just, just belting out, you know, in, in holy, 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 you know, praising our Lord. And I like I don't think, we just won't, we can't even comprehend what that's going to look like yeah. on, on the other side of the veil. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I, I just don't take that for granted. I, I, I'm saying this to myself, really. Just don't take that for granted. So one of these stories that we read in this book, Christmas Around the Fire, mm-hmm. was uh, from Charles Dickens. And he talks about how on Christmas, nothing is excluded. He says that several times. Or, or nothing, we, we exclude nothing. And he said it several times, and I started to realize, he's not saying that we don't exclude anything. He's saying that we exclude nothing in a positive sense. Mm. That nothing is excluded and it was like really beautiful because it was making me think about in heaven i think that yes it will be uh it, there will be like nothingness does not exist in heaven it's heaven will be a very right. saturated experience it will be dripping with everything mm-hmm. right like we will be soaked in reality mm-hmm. in a way that here on earth we don't even comprehend mm. that like just the presence of existence will just penetrate us, you know, mm-hmm. and like will make us see through because it just like, hey, I can see existence coming right through you, bro. <laughs> you know, like that it will just be that real, like yeah. heaven will be. And so I just want to give another shout out to this book because like it's another example cool. of like reading these stories, how it made me ponder here in Advent, uh, like, the, gr- like the, the deeper realities of life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it gave me peace. It gave me peace boom. to think about. Boom. So anyway, I'll, we'll have another reading next week from it. 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you, Juan, for all your help. Mucho, mucho. Thank you, Jim. <laughs>